All right, so I go again. So we're talking about the new system. This is part two of the new system. And um, uh, last week I read this scripture and I'm going to read it again. And I'm just going to do some quick recap of last week. Do quick recap of last week. And then we go to the point number three that I wasn't able to talk about last week. Okay, so here we go. Um, let's read this together. I read it last week. Let's read it together again. But now our high priest has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. All right. It, if the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need for a second covenant to replace it. And I, I highlighted the word there, replace it. But when God found fault with the people, he said, the day is coming, says the Lord, I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. And verse 13, he says, when God speaks of a new covenant, he means, it, sorry, it means he has made the first one obsolete. It is now out of date and will soon disappear. So it is now out of date and will soon disappear. But take note of the word obsolete. And we talked about that extensively last week. Now, in this new system that we, you and I are in now, if, and I say you and I, if you belong to Jesus, very important statement, okay? If you don't belong to, if you, if you are not in Christ, what does that mean? If you haven't given your life to Jesus, okay, what does that mean, giving your life to Jesus? Bible tells us you believe him in your heart and you confess him as your Lord. Okay, yeah, thank you, Holy Spirit. This is a good time. <laughs> I was thinking of doing this later, but no need. Do it now. Um, if you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, now, why should you receive him? He died for you, okay? The Lord God's love for you is expressed through his son, Jesus. He sent his son, the Bible tells us in the book of John, to die for us. By dying, he made a new covenant with God based on his blood that he sacrificed. And he expects us to receive him through faith. And when we do that, we belong to him. So I'm giving you an opportunity right now for someone who's watching or may watch later that doesn't know God. And if you don't believe, you don't know God, you don't believe that God lives in your heart right now, here's an opportunity to do so. How can you do that? Believe the words that you're hearing now. The words the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. I didn't actually want to do this right now. I just felt the Holy Spirit say, why are you waiting till the end of the service? Do it now. So... If you're hearing me and you don't know Jesus, God is speaking to you right now and he's saying to you, believe the words of the God that is you're hearing. Believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior and confess it with your mouth. That's what the scripture teaches us and you will be saved. So how can you do that? If you believe in your heart, all I'm asking you right now is to say, Jesus, I'm not going to give you the words, just tell Jesus to come in. That's my own word. Paraphrase it however you want. But just do that in the next two few, few seconds, actually. Why don't you just do that right now? And if you are doing it, what you're doing is giving your heart, your mind, 
your life, your whole entire life, your future, you're committing it into the Lord's hands. If you're praying that prayer, what I want you to know is that you are belonging. That's what we call belonging to Jesus. Thank you, Father, for anyone who is listening to this or may listen to it later, but are giving their hearts to you right now. Lord, we welcome them into your household. We see them no longer as in the flesh, but in the spirit. We know them not anymore in the flesh, but we know them in the spirit. And how do we know them? Whether they are, whether it doesn't matter which part of the world or part of the country or culture they are coming from, we see them as yours, your children. We see each other right now as brothers and sisters. Thank you for bringing us into the household of our God, household of our Father, through your blood, Jesus. Thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Now, back to the message. Now, if you belong to Jesus, I was saying, to any of us who belong to Jesus, we are in the new system. And what do we get in this new system? This is what we get. Number one, we get a new covenant. A covenant I explained to us last week is a deal, and that deal is based on what God has done, not what we have done. But let's just, uh, and um, this new covenant is made through the blood of Jesus, like I, I mentioned earlier, which Kene has also showed us through communion. Now, but let's read this scripture together. I didn't read the scripture last week, but let's read it this week. Bible says the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. I take note of that word. It's not the good things themselves. It was just a shadow of the good things to come. Let's pause for a minute there. Imagine what? Imagine a big this light right now. And it's just that this light is a little bit diffused. But it's not casting big shadow of me behind. But maybe you can see a little bit of that on the screen. So imagine if you step into the room right now. Someone steps into it. I'm looking for King James. I need King James. I need King James. And they say, oh, here's King James. And the person just walks past me only to go and embrace that shadow behind me. That's how much weird... That is, if you apply that scripture literally, that the old covenant or the old system is a shadow of the good things. So would you prefer hugging me or hugging this TV that is just a, a, a reflection of my shadow? No, of course. It's a, a silly question to ask. So that's exactly sometimes what we do when we try to go and live in the old system, remember I'm not saying Old Testament. Old Testament is just a separation of two books. Okay? We read the Old Testament. We believe the word of God is through from beginning of the Genesis all the way to Revelation. It's all about Jesus, whether in the Old Testament or the New Testament. So I'm not talking about Old Testament, New Testament. I'm talking about Old Covenant and New Covenant. Old Covenant was struck with Moses. New covenant was struck with Jesus. And that's what you're reading here in the scripture. And the covenant with Moses, whatever was said there, is just a shadow of the real thing itself. The sacrifice under this, that system were repeated again and again, after, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. For it is what not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. It's just not possible. I don't even know how God did it. What it means is that whatever they were doing in that old covenant, 
was not adequate, it's actually God's mercy that the children of Israel were still being considered God's people. Because if it's not possible for the blood of goats and cows and sheep or whatever you call it to properly cleanse their sins, how come God said when they do those things, they are cleansed? It means that God just wants them to do keep their own part of the deal. That's all he wants. God was merciful towards them throughout the Old Covenant. Amen. Because sometimes we might think God is not merciful in the Old Testament. He's not merciful in the New. No. He was merciful also throughout that Old Covenant. Because the blood, whatever they were doing was not good enough even. Amen. That is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, you did not want animal sacrifice. God never wanted that. Even though he made that deal with them, that's not what he wants. Or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. Then he said, look, I have come to do your will. He canceled the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. Verse 9. Take note of that. He did what? Canceled it. I, made, I started with saying obsolete, but actually it's completely canceled. So take note of some of this word and you see why we shouldn't be into mixture. The whole message is about we are in the new system. Let's stop mixing it up with the old system. Bible says in verse 10, For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. When? How? Once and for all. But that once and for all is actually what he did, not what we are doing, but what he did. That once and for all is... Christ dying once and for all, unlike the goats and sheep that was doing that we're doing every year. Right? Okay, so it goes on to say, under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day. That's why I mentioned once and for all, offering the same sacrifice again and again, which can never take away sin. But our high priest offer himself offered himself to God as a single sacrifice of, for sin, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There he's always, he, there he waits until the, his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. Amen. And ends with, for by that one offering, he forever made what? Let's say that loud. By that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. What did he make us? Perfect. Oh, wow, wow, wow. What are you saying, King? Are you saying King James is perfect? Now you need to understand which perfect I'm talking about. Here it is. The new covenant makes us what? Perfect spiritually before God. Okay, it makes you spirit perfect. If you belong to Jesus, God considers you perfect. I'm not the one making it up. If you look at the scripture we just read, that by that one offering, he made, he forever made, not will make, not is going to make, not hopefully they will become perfect. No, he is, you are already spiritually perfect before God. Amen. And if you understand what I'm saying and believe what I'm saying, I want you to say amen to that. Again, 
let the communion cup that you're having remind you some of these things I'm talking about, that when you're drinking of that blood and eating that bread, remember that your spirit has been made perfect. If your spirit has been made perfect, that means God has considered you holy before him, even though you are still being, being made physically perfect here on earth. And what do I mean by physically perfect? You're finding yourself trying to be, I'm going to be like Christ each day. And how do you do that? I will encourage you to go back to the message Pastor Amy preached as we lift up our eyes and behold Jesus. Then on a day-to-day -day basis, we are walking and living our life day-to-day -day like him. But your spirit has been made what? Perfect. Okay, let's go on. And, and point number two, I talked about last week. You can see God is, the Holy Spirit just bringing the same message with different scriptures that I didn't say last week. Um, a, a, a better promise based on what? Mercy, favor, and love. Remember last week I said to us, the old covenant, old promise, had word curses in it. Now, a covenant is a deal that is being struck between two people. Why do two, two people come into a covenant? For example, if uh, I'm a farmer and um, Cheesy is a, okay, no, Cheesy is a soldier. My wife is a soldier and I am a farmer, okay? And she's a nation and I'm a nation. So we go into covenant. What are we doing? I'm, I'm saying, as a farmer, I'm saying, okay, I need protection. So I'm going to come into this covenant with you. Uh, once I'm in this covenant with you, you provide me protection and make sure that any nation that attacks me, you will attack them. That's a promise coming from Cheesy. And I'm saying to her, you, as long as you're doing that bit, I will always make sure that you feed. I will provide all my food that you guys, your soldiers and all of your members will feed. That's a promise from me. So you have that each covenant has a promise in it. Okay, and the promise from God's angle in the Old Testament had, in the Old Covenant, sorry, had uh, curses in, involved because it was saying, if you don't do this, if you don't do that, you're going to be in trouble. And it's important to note that. So let's just move on. And I read the scripture to us, and I'm going to read, not going to read all of them. I'm just going to read one or two. It says, you will experience what? All these blessings, if you obey your God, and verse 6, it says, wherever you go, whatever you do, you will be blessed. But it goes on to say in verse 15 of that same chapter, but if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey all the command and decrees I am giving you today, all these curses will also come and overwhelm you. They won't just come, they will overwhelm you. And he says, where, he repeated the same word, wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be cursed. That's part of the old covenant. We don't have that in the new covenant. And that is what rejoicing about. Amen. What kind of promise do we have in the new covenant that Jesus and God made between themselves? It's a covenant full of God's promises. Are there promises from us and what we should do? Yes. And we're going to talk about that part at the end of the service. There is something God wants us to do. There is promises from us. But all those promises are coming from one thing. One thing. 
Okay, there's all the things we can worship him. We could, you know, we can read our Bibles and all these things we're doing. We could praise him, all those things, but it has to come from one thing. Amen. All right. So the new promises does not include any curse because it is based on Jesus who has already fulfilled our part of the covenant with God. Now let's read the scripture that I read to us last week, and I'm not going to read all of it, just quickly brush through it. Paul reminds us of some of those promises. He says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, So now there's no condemnation, take note of the word condemnation, for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Now if you are one of those who prayed that prayer in the beginning and opened your heart and believed Jesus and confessed with your mouth, you belong to God right now, and no one can condemn you anymore. You are safe, secured, going to heaven, as long as you maintain your confession and faith with God. But we will talk about that later. So, verse 31, he says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as this? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything? It goes on to say, who dare accuses us who God have chosen? Take note of the word, chosen for his own. No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. How did he do that? Immediately Christ Jesus died on the cross of Calvary and said, it is finished. God decided that anyone who comes under that cross, under Christ Jesus who died for us, is now in right standing with God. Another word for right standing is righteous. Another word for that is holy. Another word for that is perfect. Amen. Spiritually. Okay. Now, 34, he says, Whom, who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. We talked about this at the home church, and it's interesting. I'm not going to go into that. It's really good that the high priest is there before God. And as long as Jesus is there before the Father, he is representing you. Amen. And all that is good from God is going to be yours. Hallelujah. All that is good. Very, very important. <laughs> And it says, I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of God, not death, not life, not angels, not demons, not conspiracy theories, not doom and gloom, nothing. It doesn't matter what that is. You are safe and secured. It doesn't mean those things will not happen. It doesn't mean those things are not true. The point is that you are safe. Okay, that's the point. Because sometimes we allow ourselves to go into the debate, uh, is, this is this conspiracy or not? Don't get into all of that. Just know that whatever happens, you are safe. Amen. And guess what you should be doing if you're finding out all the things that could happen to people? You should go out and preach the gospel and tell them, why don't you come into safety, which is in Christ Jesus? Amen. It says nothing can separate us from, separate us from the love of God. No power in sky above, nor on earth below, indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is what? Revealed. That is what? Revealed where? In Christ Jesus our Lord. That love is not anywhere else. It's only in Christ. Hallelujah. And that's why we're going to end with a song today when we get to that Christ is enough. Jesus sang it 
He is the only, not Christ and all these other things. It's Christ himself is enough for us. Now, here's the point that I didn't get to last week. But let's just look at it. In the new system, and by God's grace, I'm going to expand on this point I'm about to talk about next week. In the new system, we have a better relationship. Hallelujah. It's a different, it's a completely way different way of relating with God. This is the whole point of this two-part message so far. Better relationship. Based on what? Individual intimacy with God. The relationship we have with God in the new system is not the same as what they have in the old system. I'm going to, if you notice, I'm slowing down all of a sudden because this is important to me and it's important to the Holy Spirit. We have a different way of relating with God. If you get anything out of this, it's not, I'm not, my concern is not about the new system, old system, and the exegesis, and all those just, just to give you proof through the scripture. But here is what God wants us to get. We are in a different way of relating with God. Okay? The reason why God made the new old covenant in the first place was that he was trying to relate with his people. Remember, after 40 years of Moses trying to help, initially trying to help this, God appeared in, the burning, in a burning bush and then told Moses, I have seen my people's issue. I want to deliver them. I want to relate with them. Go and speak to Pharaoh for me. Get them out of there. I want them to come and do what? Relate with me. To worship me. And what was God's intention? Intimacy with them. It wasn't God's intention that they become just, just this group of people that just only have one voice, which is Moses. God called them and told Moses, go and get all of them. I'm going to talk about this more next week, by God's grace. Let me move on. I'm going to talk about it next week a bit more. From beginning, even in the old covenant, God's plan was intimacy. The people didn't want intimacy, so he had to just give them what they wanted. So let me just say this. Relationship with God was void of intimacy with him under the old system. That's not God's fault. So when I say this, don't blame God on this. It's us that did that. Although few people like King David experienced through intimacy. Now, if God was the one, if God was the one that didn't want intimacy with us, then he wouldn't allow people like David to have intimacy with him at a level that many people didn't have. If God was the one that didn't want us to be intimate with him, he would not have allowed Moses to enjoy that intimacy. Actually, I even said David, people like Enoch before the new covenant, before the old covenant experienced that intimacy. Abraham spoke with God as a friend. God's plan has always been intimacy. But actually, do you know even in that old covenant, there's one guy that no one actually does to talk about quite a lot, Joshua. Joshua actually experienced that intimacy even with God, although he just focused on the instructions that God gave them through Moses. But by obeying those instructions and reading the scriptures and sticking to the covenant that God gave them, Joshua also experienced intimacy. And many of them like Joseph. So you see that God's plan was intimacy. The people didn't want intimacy. 
And Christ Jesus came to restore this new relationship. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, let me just show you an example of the old way of relating with people. God, then. In the book of Exodus, look at what God said in verse 20 of 23. He says, see, I am sending what? Who is he sending? An angel before you to protect you on your journey and lead you safely to the place I have prepared for you. It's not that I'm going with you. I'm sending an angel. What's wrong with an angel? Nothing. But Moses was saying, no, no, God, I want you. Not just your angel. But God knows that people's heart is not for him, so he sends an angel. How do I know God knows that the people's heart are not for him? Watch the next line. Pay close attention to him and obey his instruction. Why is he saying that? Because they don't listen to God. Do not rebel against him. This is why God is sending an angel. For he is my representative and he will not forgive your rebellion. This is why God was sending an angel. The people were not keen on God. God sends, you know, sometimes we, even in this new, we, <laughs> hallelujah, we live in the New Testament. We live in the New, not Testament, I need to, God help us to do this Testament. We live in the New Covenant, new relationship with God. And many times we're still saying, God, send an angel. God said, no, why don't you just say Holy Spirit? Who lives in you already? I'm not against angels. Angels are still on a mission helping us and doing this. But we shouldn't be bothered about whether God is going to send. It's up to him who he sends. I don't want an angel. I want God. But if he decides to send an angel as a representative, so be it. Hallelujah. And sometimes those angels could be your wife, your mom, your dad, your cousin, your nephew. Human being you're looking at, your boss. Amen. Your king, your leader, sometimes he uses people. What's an angel? An agent, a messenger for the Lord, a representative. It could be anyone. So imagine when we focus on the representatives of God rather than God himself. Amen. And he says, but if you are careful to obey him, following all my instructions, then I will be, then <laughs> I will be an enemy to your enemies. And I will oppose those who oppose you. Hallelujah. That is the old relationship with God. Where he's trying to do anything with us, but he's more concerned about that we're not going to listen. And because we're not going to listen, I'm not going to even bother coming. I'm going to send an angel. It's not God's desire. It is us that is want, wanted that in the old system. What about the new system? In a new relationship with God, it is mostly about what? Say that loud with me if you're at home. Individual what? Intimacy, not just as a group. Individual what? Intimacy. Oh, I could talk more and more about David. Where they will say no one can go and touch the bread. If you touch it, you die. David goes and touch it. He doesn't die. <laughs> His relationship with God is weird. Where God will say to him, choose how you're going to die. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go say, God, you know what? I don't want to fall into anyone's hand. If you're going to kill me, let it be you that will kill me. That guy understood this intimacy with God. You and I need to go. That's why Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice. Amen. Let's read that scriptures. This is what Jesus said in the new relationship. My, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. Just as, I highlighted the word just as, take note of that word. Just as my father know me, knows me, and I know the father, I do sacrifice my bed. Before I go to sacrifice, 
This is seriously deep, and that's why I highlighted just us. Do you know how God knows Jesus? Think about it. I'm pausing for a minute. The way God knows Jesus is like this. One, they were not separate. God knows Jesus like they are one because they are one God. And he's saying to you, Jesus is saying to you, I know my sheep in the same way the Father knows me. And my sheep knows me in the same way I know the Father. The relationship is oneness, not two separate beings, one being. And that's why the Bible will say things like we are co-heads with the Father. We are now adopted. We are now part of God's children. We can say Jesus is one of us. We are one of his. We belong to him. He belongs to us. He's in us. We are in him. Everything is one. That's a new way of relating. I have other ships too. Hallelujah. That's us <laughs> that are not in this sheepfold. I am bringing them also that they will listen to what? my voice, and there will be one flock, you see, with one shepherd, oneness in Christ Jesus. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. You know what? Let me. The other day, I think Pastor Amy was helping us with the school run, and she also took me to the mechanic, and she started sharing something about Sochika. If you watched our service last week, our five-year-old Sochika member prayed for us. <laughs> That's um, Kenne's, um, Dr. Kennedy, you saw his last child. And they, were they, they missed something. She told me a story about um, they lost something. She and Sochika lost something, and they were looking for it, and they couldn't find it. They looked for a while, and at some point they decided, you know what, let's pray. Let's ask the Holy Spirit. So Amy and her, her son, five-year-old son, spoke to the Holy Spirit to help them. Immediately they looked again. I believe if I'm missing up the story, God have mercy on me. <laughs> Immediately they looked again. They found the thing. And they, they, of course, they were happy. So she, they, together, they thanked the Holy Spirit. But this young boy started explaining things to her mom. She, number one, he said, Mommy, the Holy Spirit is such a friendly spirit. The Holy Spirit is such a friendly spirit. So when they thank the Holy Spirit, guess what the next boy said, the boy said to the mom, Mommy, the Holy Spirit said, thank you. The young boy could hear God. That's my point. The young, what did he say here? My sheep listen to my voice and they follow me. This is not about how old you are. This is not about how are you big in the spirit or small in the spirit, how theologically sound that you are. Have you read from the beginning to the end of the Bible? No, 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 no. Little children hear God. If Jesus could jump in the womb of, sorry, John the Baptist could move, could recognize the presence of the Lord in the womb of Elizabeth, then I promise you every single child of God can hear his voice. Why did I share that story? It's because in this new relationship, here, this scripture, and I'm going to read the scripture again next week. But this is the new covenant I am making with the people of Israel. On that day, says the Lord, I will put what? 
my laws, in other words, my instructions, my teachings, I will I'll put it in their mind and they, I will write it on, write them on their heart. I will be what? Their God and they will be my people. Where is that scripture going to be? Where the word of God? Who will tell little children what's right and wrong? We do, but God originally does that. We are actually emphasizing and teaching them and instructing them. So even little children, every single one has the ability to hear from God. Let me just say this here at this point, Junction. If you are leading someone to Christ, it's important that you do not play that role for them. Putting words in their mouth, they can hear God. It's if you teach people that they can hear God immediately, they will hear God immediately. But I remember when our brother Simon, when I was praying with him here, to, uh, when he was giving his life to Jesus, and he, I, I, when he gave his life to Christ, I prayed with him. I told him, go home. God will speak to you. God will speak to you. I don't care where you are going to read in the scripture. Any scripture you want to read, read it. You will hear God. And Simon called me the next morning and he said, oh my goodness, I, can you believe it? It happened. God spoke to me. Every scripture I opened, God was speaking to me. He said he turned one particular scripture. Guess what God said to him? Simon, Simon, follow me. Of course, he God took him to where he called Simon Peter in the Bible. And his own name is Simon. God is awesome. <laughs> he speaks to his people. I'm going to finish that scripture. Listen, it says, and they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, you should know the Lord. Does that mean we don't preach the gospel? No. It just simply means we should trust that God is able to reach people. Do not do the Holy Spirit's work. You do your own work. Be available and let the Holy Spirit take charge of whatever you are you can present. Amen. When you preach the gospel to people, even if it looks like they are not listening, just believe that Holy Spirit is able to teach them if you believe this scripture. For everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already. We are in a new relationship with God. Hallelujah. They will know me already. I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. Praise God. Praise God. This is a relationship based solely on what? The loving heart of God. Praise God. Take note of these four things I'm going to mention here. Our new relationship with God through Christ Jesus is based on, number one, mercy, not judgment. The new covenant is based, or new relationship is based on mercy, not judgment. It's based on what? Favor. Or if you like grace, not merit. I'll prefer the word favor. It means that you do not deserve this, but you're getting it anyway. But how do we deserve it? And I'm going to give us that one thing that makes us inherit this. Okay? Number three, faith, not doubt. Technically, I've already started mentioning those things. It's, this new relationship is based on faith, not doubt, not unbelief. When you are on unbelief, when I'm talking about unbelief, I'm talking about not believing in the saving grace of God, you are not necessarily enjoying, not going to enjoy this new relationship in the way God designed it to be. And then finally, it's based on love and friendship, which is what he already intended with Abraham. 
when he was coming in the cool of the evening to spend time with Adam is what he also intended with Abraham. And you see, all the way with Moses, all the way with different individuals, he was showing that he wants to be in a love relationship or friendship with us. Jesus even said that, I, I went, went to his disciples, I, that before he left, he says, you are now, we know, you are actually now my friends. You are now friends. We are friends now. So God wants to bring us into that intimacy with him in such a way that will encourage his love and show the world his love. Hallelujah. In conclusion, I want to encourage us, please, live in the new system. <laughs> live where? In the new system. Enjoy this new relationship with God. And please stop mixing it up. Many times you have people, one minute in, one new, in the new system, another minute in the old system. One minute in the new system, another minute we're jumping here, there, and everywhere. But God is restoring this relationship with him in such a way that we will follow him and be with him where he is. Where is that one thing that I told you about? There's one thing I told you about that um, God wants us to do. There's only one thing that Jesus requests from us. And this is it. Faith in Christ Jesus. You know it already, but I just want to say it very, very clearly. The only thing God expects from us is to believe Jesus. Trust the one who did it all for us. Amen. What? Trust the one who did it all for us. God confirmed this covenant with Jesus and only requires us to believe in Jesus so that we can enjoy all its benefits. The scripture tells us in the book of John, and I, I always say to you guys here at Favor House, this is one of my favorite scriptures of all time. They were, Jesus was talking to these people and he said to them, but don't be so concerned about parables, sorry, perishable things like food Spend your energy seeking eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They re replied, we want to perform what? God's works. I always repeat this. Take note of the word there, works. There are so many things God wants us to do, they believed. We want to perform God's works. What should we do? And Jesus replied to them, this is the only work. There's only one thing that God wants from us. Believe in the one he has sent. For I have come down from heaven to do God, the will of God who sent me. Not to do my own will. And this is the will of God that I should not lose even one of these, one of, one of all those he has given me but that I should raise them up at the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see the Son, amen, <laughs> and believe in him should have eternal life. And I will raise them up on the last day. I love that scripture I read last. Why did I enjoy reading that? It's because if you are afraid of your salvation, if you're consigned too much and thinking, oh God, maybe I've done this, I, I'm not sure where I am with God now. Uh, no, 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 no. 
Stop doing that. No one who is in Christ Jesus will lose their salvation. As long as you stay in faith with God, keep holding on to his word, keep believing in his word, keep loving the brethren, you are secured in him. As we've come to the end of the service, I want us to sing this song in closing. Christ is enough for us. Amen. Christ is enough for us. And before I hand over to Jesus to lead us in this song, let me just pray for us. Father, thank you. Thank you because you've always wanted us to be in an intimate relationship with you. It is what you had in mind from the beginning. You said it when you were before even you created us, you created Adam. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. The intention of yours was that we will be like you, that we will have the same mind that you have. And I pray and I thank you that you have restored this relationship through your son Jesus for us. And I pray that everyone who's listening to this, who have heard this message, and probably who will listen to it later, God, I ask you, oh God, that you will constantly remind us to stay in this new system, to stay in this new relationship with you, to grow in intimacy that brings honor and glory to you and tells the world that you love them. Thank you so much for that. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, you're enough for us. We give you praise. Amen.